Splash, Brit Lutz, Splash, Trash, and Blah, with your host, Brad What up is going down, baby? We gotta let this one ride out. High dollar sign, baby. He's killing it. He's killing it. Gotta let it ride out. It's gonna be a dope show. I hope you're ready for it. We ready, we ready, baby. Let's go. Welcome to STM, aka Splash Trash Man. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter's my man, Chris Bucky Watts. This is the G Splash Review Show, and we got a, a live one today. Uh, we got a live one. It's we got one on the wire. We got a live one. Hot. Hot. That's liquid fire. What you just boys. heard was Ty Dolla Sign's uh, track with Lil Wayne and XX Tentacion called "Scared of the Dark." Off that Spider Man Enter or Into the Spider Verse. It's a hot soundtrack. We're gonna get into that a little bit later. You already know how it goes down. Splash yeah. if it's dope. Man if it's whatever. And. Straight up, <laughs> shit is straight garbage. garbage, trash. If it's sucks. garbage, we're reviewing a few couple things. Uh, we got the mule with uh Clint Eastwood, as well as oh, Once Upon Eastwood's a Deadpool, back. and then following that is uh-huh. maybe arguably one of the best films of 2018. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's, I mean, I don't know what arguably means anymore. I don't, I, I think it's. I think it'd be arguable to say it's the best movie, but it's definitely one of the best. We'll get we'll to get it. We'll get to it, and we'll, we'll dissect it, bring up all the... We're talking Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Damn right. Quick movie news. Uh, Fandango has revealed that not only is Aquaman topping the list of weekend ticket, se- weekend ticket sales, it is also, quote, currently surging past Wonder Woman at the same point in the advanced ticket sales cycle. Really? Yes, the Wand-directed superhero film is currently poised to pocket between 68 and $72 million in its opening weekend, while its co-DCEU film from 2017 earned more than $100 million in its first day. Chris, what do you think? You think... I, I feel like there's way too much hype for Aquaman. I am shocked at all this hype about it. Like, yes, it seems lighter and brighter than the freaking other DC movies before it, and it's got... You know, the freaking hunky Jason Momoa. But I, I don't know what's all this hype. Really? I mean, the, the I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see what it is. But even the early reviews and stuff are saying it's just middle of the road. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I feel like he's trying to. They're definitely trying to pull out all the stops. Like, Look how good it is. You should go see it because everybody else is going to see it. Like, are those numbers even real? They've been I'm, they're pushing hard on this film, which they should be. Um, I they're just like, if we do if we have another bad one, guys, we're going under. They're just not, they're just struggling to keep traction and interest into their thing. So much so that, like, even Superman is like, maybe he's, I think he's going to come back. I think. But he's like, no, I'm not coming back. I don't know. It's a mess, as always. Shocker. Uh, That's that. I don't think it will break 100 million in three days. No. I don't think anyone, especially going up against uh, Bumblebee and Mary Poppins. Yeah. I bet Mary got other stuff to see. I, I would probably think it would do better than, or Mary Poppins would probably do better than Aquaman. 
I'm very intrigued by all of this. We've got some good movies coming out. All right, man, let's let's not stop playing around. That's the news. It's real quick, but let's get into some reviews. Um, yeah, Chris, over the over the last week, I saw The Mule starring you Clint Eastwood. Did I did? I saw this movie. Uh, right now, it's at a sixty percent, and I kind of want to touch on this real quick. If we're if we're talking about grading films, someone point, kind of pointed this out to me. Sixty percent is still considered good on the Rotten Tomato scale or the that tomato meter that you have crossed fresh. You are you get it to you're not certified fresh, but sixty percent is get you the tomato instead of the splat. The, I feel like the the grading the the way the tomato meter is is very simple. It's very like it's sixty forty basically. Yeah. Um, but if this was like grades, like that would be a D, which isn't good. Yeah. yeah. So it's still like, I, it's still considered good, but not, it. it's good. And I'm not talking I, just about this movie. I'm talking about the, the rating system. Just in general. Yeah. No, I think it probably comes down to the fact that like, there are varying degrees of good. Like, I think that you can have a movie that maybe is weaker on plot, but it's really like a great example. I, I think my opinion is gravity. Like that movie is. It's uh, a very controversial wise, movie. Yeah. Plot wise, it's not very he- like it's just she's stuck in space and has to get down. Like a pretty simple thing, not much character drive there. Other some hallucinations, but visually and what it represented, how it was made and filmed. Like I think that gave it made it a better movie than what the story itself was. But then you have other movies where maybe you're like, damn, this looks like garbage, but holy shit, like this, or like an indie film, like this doesn't look like it was made well, but it's amazing. Right. So right. I think that they do that, so it's not so much like they're thinking like you got a seventy three, that means you got a C. Instead, it's like, hey, you got a 73 because this is and like six movies around the 60s. I usually find are the ones that are like enjoyable. Like you go and you're like, OK, that was that was good. Like I had fun with that. Or even like a bad movie or a kitschy movie can get something in that area. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, like the 90s that you're like, OK, now I'm expecting something that's going to go. Yeah. Drop, drop my socks. Yeah. So it's kind of like pass or fail it, black and white. Very simple. Right. Like certified fresh is a plus plus whatever. Yeah, you can start fresh. It's like, yeah, this right. is, no, we back this one. We think this is good. And you know what? There's, I mean, to each their own. Me and you have talked about this a lot in the past, but there's a lot of movies that are not certified fresh that I, are certified fresh or fresh that matter that I really enjoy. So it's really all about what you're into. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a grading scale, I guess. Anyway, um, real quick summary on The Mule. Uh, Earl Stone is a man in his 80s who is broke, alone, and facing foreclosure on his business when he's offered a job that simply requires him to drive. Easy enough, but unbeknownst to Earl, he has just signed on as a drug courier for the Mexican cartel. He does well, so well, in fact, that his cargo increases exponentially. Did I say that right? Yeah. And Earl is assigned a handler, but he isn't the only one keeping tabs on Earl. The mysterious new drug mule has also hit the radar of hard-charging DEA agents Colin Bates. And even as money problems become a thing of the past, Earl's past mistakes start to weigh heavy on him. It's uncertain if he'll have the time he'll have time to right those wrongs before law enforcement or cartels enforcers catch up to him. This movie was good. It was um typical Clint That's Eastwood movie. Good. That dark. Oh yeah, very Clint Eastwoody. Yeah, yeah. Um, great cast, Clint Eastwood. No matter for some reason, the old man Clint Eastwood is still like a badass, but like the cool old guy who like doesn't yeah, know like better. A- yeah, exactly. Oh, look at this old guy. He's still just Grand Torino Clint Eastwood for the rest of his life, probably. There was a couple of plot holes that I was like, uh, how did... And I'll say this real quickly. This isn't really a spoiler, but... So the beginning of the movie starts out like he's been an absent father. 
he doesn't show up to his daughter's wedding. There's bad blood, so his family doesn't really like him. Uh, his business, he was like a star in the flower business. And now that's all coming to an end, obviously, because people are buying shit online and way easier. He goes to, I don't know, if, I don't remember if it's an engagement party. It's some kind of wedding party, a bridal shower or some shit. There's this kind of like awkward moment with the family where they're like, what the fuck is he doing here? I can't be here. Bob, like his, his daughter's still really mad at him, but his granddaughter loves him. So she invited him as he's leaving after this weird altercation. He didn't really ever enter the party, but a guy comes out and he's like, hey, man, I'm my name's so and so I'm a friend of a girl who's friends with the bride. He's like starts talking to him and he's like talking about his truck and it's an old piece of shit truck and he's like oh you like to drive blah blah, blah. and he just kind of offers him the job like to right he's like oh if you ever need money like here's this job and i was like how how the fuck like you just right, randomly right. went up to somebody but then i thought right. of the more i thought about it i was like he sent his do- granddaughter postcards like all over the like from all over and they touched on that but i it wasn't very easy to put together but then i thought about it i was like Oh, the guy who approached him, his girl or who he was with at this party, they probably conversed and was like, hey, her grandfather drives a lot. Blah, blah. Like it was like a weird, yeah. quick backstory yeah. cover up, but it like threw me through a loop. But all in all, right. hard to connect the dots and everything like they had. They were like, hey, what if this movie is a movie about a grumpy, crotchy old guy? And he's trying to make his wrongs right by driving drugs to a cartel. Well, how's he get into it? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Yeah, no, it's kind of how I felt. But then I was like, because I asked myself the question, how I was like, how the fuck does he know that? He just randomly approach this guy. He does. How does he know him? And then I thought. Well, I the kind of thought I get, back. The more they I show do that in movies. They like, they did in the theater. I'm like, how? I'm like, who's this person? How did yeah. they get here? Yeah. How do they, they know who you are? So then I thought about. I was like, <laughs> oh, they they quickly touched on it and made you kind of figure it out. Like, you either did or you didn't. But all in all, man, like Bradley Cooper's in this movie along with uh, Michael Pena, who I think Dude, is hilarious. It's hard to take him serious tension, sometimes. Heavy tension parts, I imagine. Very tense film. It was actually, it was just uh, all in all smooth sailing. I think there's nothing to complain about this movie. There's nothing really to rave about this movie, but it's a class. It's a typical Clint Eastwood movie. I'm going to give it a splash because I did enjoy the movie. I thought, I thought it was good. And like old man Clint Eastwood still don't back down for nobody. He doesn't care who you are. And he does figure out how to text in the movie, which I thought was funny. So uh, definitely. Mm. Is it, will this be his last movie? You think is he done? I, I don't know. You never know with Clint Eastwood. I mean, he'll. I think he'll. He's been doing this for so long that I don't know. I don't think so. I think I think he's still got some juice in him. Well, let's hope. I think as long as like as long as the studio's going to give him money, I don't th- like. I don't. I don't think anyone's going to tell him no. Truth. But speaking of, there's no segue here. Next on the list. No segue. Moving on. on. <laughs> Once upon a Deadpool. So this is the, the I'll just read this because it's quick. Uh, Fred jo- uh, Fred Savage will join Ryan Reynolds in new scenes for Once Upon a Deadpool in a homage to Sav- uh, Savage's role in the 1987 bedtime story classic, The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Very funny. And this is what he Fred Fred Savage said. He said, "While my participation in the film was anything but voluntary, I am happy to learn that Fudge Cancer will be the beneficiary of this shameless cash grab." Right. Yes. 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 So they definitely played, they played this fourth, this is like fourth wall to the T. Oh, hardcore. It's definitely different than the, than the original one. It's definitely not better. Uh, So is it Deadpool 1 or Deadpool 2? It's Deadpool 2. 
And it's edited down to be PG-13 or PG? PG-13. PG-13. So they edited it down so it's not an R-rated movie. Basically right. mean that what? They cut out a bunch of swear words and some violence. Yeah. So, all right. Here's, here's my thing. If you've seen Deadpool 2, you should have already seen it. Spoilers. There's not really any spoilers. But nope, too late. It's been a year. Yeah. Uh, you're not really missing much in the sense of the story doesn't change. Mm-hmm. There's slightly more jokes because they cut back and forth from him reading the story. Right. But honestly, I have to be I have to say that it was like watching Deadpool rated R on TV. Like, you know how that's be- exactly what I was just going to say, man. Oh, that Mickey Ficky. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the the weird vocal yeah, edits. Yeah, yeah, like they drop in weird replacements and stuff like that's it, there's so many weird things about this. I think it's really cool. They're really great at promotional stuff on both these movies. And I think that they said, we're really good. at These little promotional things. Let's do another one of those and we'll set this movie up. And well, there's a lot of things I think they're doing. They're like, okay, well, we'll try this thing out where it's PG 13, a little dialed back. And we'll also put it in a, uh, so it's a, like a charity type thing as well. So we're making money towards a cause. So it's just like a fun thing we're doing. Maybe that's to help get this stuff connected closer to the MCU itself to say, hey, this character can do it. But the whole time I'm thinking, if you've seen the rated R version, you're watching the PG-13 version, it's just going to feel like a neutered version. It definitely was. And you like you could literally see the characters mouthing different words. Right, and- right, right, right. It's like I'm watching. Am I watching this on TBS or what? This is why when you're you ever do that thing where you like scan through channels, you find a, sh- a movie or something you love, and you're like, oh, I love this. And then it's like edited, and there's commercials. And you're like, fuck this noise. So you just like hop on Netflix or whatever and find it and watch the real thing. Yeah, I do that all the time. I'm like, I love this movie. Why would I freaking want to watch it toned down? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think the new scenes with Fred Savage like there's there's some funny ones. Uh, I don't think the new scenes like make a difference. If I if they were thrown in the original version, it would work just the same. Like, it would probably be just as they good. Don't justify they don't justify a whole other version. This joke can only land so many times, but like, you know, they could have thrown maybe a joke in there that's like, "Did you really? Is that what you really said, or are you just trying to clean this up?" You know, something like. I mean, they they made similar things like that. I don't know. It, it's all in all, like, I didn't realize this was a charity film, so I'm glad I bought a ticket. But, right. um. I mean, it's trash. Like, it's trash. It's, it's trash. Garbage. Like, watch the original. It's PG thirteen. Cool. But support this because it supports a great, a great charity. You took whether or not you took this idea from somebody on Twitter. I don't know. I didn't. I felt like I was watching a, a, a made for TV movie on uh, Fox Afternoon on Saturday. You know, I don't think that this does anything as far as moving it toward the MCU. I don't know. I don't know if it was worth all the the tricks. But here we are. I will say this, though. The, the tribute to Stanley at the end was really great. I heard that was a good thing. So we'll look, something to look out for, everybody. It's not the worst. Yeah. Again, like I watched the movie. I've seen it, I think, twice before. So, you know, I wasn't blown away by anything that I've already seen. Right. Disappointed with the way they structured it. But, um, yeah, it was trash. But the Stanley thing was great. So I got to pull that one up. All right, man. Let's get it. Let's get into the juice. There's a lot of a lot of jelly in these donuts, Chris. Yes, there is very exciting. All right. Uh, now we're talking Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, this is a '97 certified fresh. Absolutely, it is. 
Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse introduces Brooklyn teen Miles Morales and the limitless possibilities of the Spider-Verse, where more than one can wear the mask. Chris, you saw this Hell movie. yeah, I did. I saw this movie. I kind of want to see it again. Absolutely. Man, it was it was so good. And I even love the fact that I did see some of it at Comic-Con, but it was, uh, it was actually kind of different. I was expecting things... I was expecting that first 30 minutes, like I said. Yeah, because I remember a while back when you were there, you actually got to watch that 30 minutes. Yeah, and it was definitely um, um, different. Really? They've done some, not crazy, but they did some changing of things. Well, how nifty. Where do we start? Soundtrack is dope, man. Gotta let this one ride out. Chris, what do you think of the movie? it It was phenomenal. It was fantastic. The whole thing, everything about it was just great. It, it really, oh, do, what do I want to say? It, everything that everybody has told you, if they've talked to you about this movie, is a hundred percent true. the The animation style is amazing. I wanted to keep watching it forever. Like if the sound was off, I wouldn't. I would have wanted to keep watching it because it was that beautiful. This mix of hand drawn and CGI animation. Uh, the voice cast was unbelievable. Like so well picked, so well put together. It's super funny. It's funny as the Lego movie, probably, and those kind of jokes that are hit for sometimes hit for kids, but sometimes also hit for adults. And uh, and the story, the plot itself was amazing. It had it had emotional edges to it. They cover a lot of bases. They create a whole complex spider universe backstories, all of that in an hour and forty five minutes. It just was a, a slam dunk on all fronts. Yeah, man, I gotta agree with you. I, I and I've been praising this for the from the, from the, from the jump. jump, but uh. The animation, this is fucking phenomenal. I mean, they took our real life like artists and comic book like uh, techniques, techniques. Yeah, and they made it very. Did you see it in uh, standard or or three D or anything? What, in, what was the? I saw it in standard. Did you feel like there were? Because I I saw it in three D Prime or whatever. But did you? Did it feel like it was three D? Well, yeah. Sometimes it, it, when you're watching, almost it? like it, there's always this thing where I remember there was a movie a while back. Um, a scanner darkly or any of those films that are like animated, they filmed it and they put like cell shading over the top of the animation. And it was always a little bit jarring for me, that cell shaded look, but by making mm-hmm. it so that these characters are basically rendered all in 3d, but then all the blanks are filled in hand drawn or um, that whole process. Like it made it feel like I was watching it wasn't like it was coming off the screen at me. It just felt like everything had so much depth, like for it a cartoon, yeah, it, it felt, it felt like it was just very rich in textures and the movement and style was like, it sometimes it seemed flickery, but it actually was extremely smooth. So it just was a whole, it was a whole, it was just a great experience. It was a whole great experience. Yeah, man. I saw it in 3d at AMC's new prime uh, theater. I definitely felt like I was very in the movie. Just a quick go over the story. Um, it starts off Miles Morales um, g- going to school. It was very true to the comics in the sense, and, and this is spoilers going forward, but whatever. I can't talk about this movie enough. We saw everything from Spider-Man, Peter Parker getting killed, which was not at all advertised. Even though that was what it was in the comics, they made it seem like he was already like it was they were different and there wasn't the same people in these different universes. Yeah, I mean, did you get yeah, that I vibe? Mean, for, for me, um, I, <clears throat> I instantly knew because of, I mean, trailers or whatever set up, like we had never heard Chris Pine's voice before. So as soon as that Spider-Man, right, that as soon as it was Chris Pine, I was like, Oh, this is Spider-Man of miles's um, universe. And that made me realize as well, because I know miles Morales story 
Spider-Man dies in the first issue. So I was like, oh, so Spider-Man's going to die. Like I was already preparing myself because I knew that Jake Johnson was the Spider-Man that we see in the trailers and the one that's kind of the downtrodden, like gloomy guy. Like I, I mean, I put that together. I think it would be tough for a lot of people. It might've been surprising. And that would have like been even, I don't know, maybe more, not more fun. Cause I like knowing all that shit, but like, I, I can imagine me someone that didn't know being like, Oh, Spider-Man died. And be like, Oh, this is where the spider verse, you know, watching somebody else put it all together. Right. Oh. Uh, so like for my, my scenario is a little bit different in the sense of from what I saw at comic con, like, I saw that that whole graveyard scene where Peter Parker comes up behind yes. him. It made it seem like Peter Parker had already died a while ago. Interesting. So he what the Chris Pine Peter Parker wasn't in Miles's world. He was already dead. So like you never right. saw the he blonde. Yeah, hair. you never got to even see that he had had lived. Right. Oh man, this movie splash, man. This is splash all the way. And there's so many good Easter eggs. Every character in this, I love the way they they introduced every character. It was like when it was their time to like do their move. Oh, the little the, yes, that's and, an amazing thing to see. The the way they all right, the so way here they we, drop them was it, great. A comic book drops. Here's the origin story in like a minute, minute plus. Nick Cage was dope in it. Even uh, what's his name, who's actually uh, pushing for a uh, a solo. Film, about John Mulaney as a uh, Spider Pig. John Mulaney, yo. <laughs> He killed that. He killed yeah, it. He did a great job. He was hilarious. And um, I love the way that whenever it was like about the story kind of turns to, to Peter Porker. Oh, yeah. That the the sound effects get very yeah. toony they and animated. That whole, they kept whatever the aesthetic was for the character from different universe they kept in there. And they, I mean, that, I mean P- Peter Porker, Sp- Spider-Ham is like a real comic book thing that was around forever. And so they keep like this Looney Tune-esque vibe where there's a certain music that plays in the background and the sound effect. I thought that the way they just gave everybody their own space to be a character, but also put them all together was unreal. Yeah. I was a little thrown off at first with Gwen Stacy. Yeah. I didn't know this, and I feel like I should have, but I was under the impression that she was a clone of Peter Parker. Oh, Spider-Gwen? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is she's that- like another universe thing. The when when she told her story, she was like, and like when they're dealing with death and things like that, she was like, Peter Parker died in my arms, and da 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 da. But I think that he, uh, I think in that universe, she got bit by the spider, not 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 him, not him, and then he gets killed by Goblin, I think, instead of her. Right. I didn't know that that was like another alternate thing. Right. I, I was always under the impression that she was a clone of Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Like, what's that other guy that everybody hates? Jake Parker or the fucking Matt Par- Matt Parker? I don't know. There's some shitty guy that's like a clone. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Some but okay. Shitty guy. Um, and I also didn't know that Penny. I didn't know the Penny Parker story. That's a cool I one. I don't know what that is. That. I was not familiar. I was not familiar with that at all. I know the noir Spider-Man thing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was basically what Marvel would have looked like in the 30s. Yeah, and loved it when he's fighting. Nazis. I, lo- I, I love beating around Nazis. I loved that. Yeah, and I loved. I loved how he was using like the old timey uh, uh, words. Yeah, like when he hit like, something, like pow and kablam and shit and he's like all yeah and he would say things like uh whatever like 1920 oh, totally get over here who's was, the dame like, and get over where are these at now yeah yeah exactly go on down exactly. get yourself a nickel paper kid <laughs> yes oh man there's so many things to talk about in this movie. let me talk about some easter eggs real quick cool a lot of references to um toby mcguire i love that scene where he's like and also did this once and like yeah, he's, he's showing dancing, dan- down dancing. Thing. that terrible mo- that's like fireman three everyone looks at- that is the joke moment I don't know how that got made. I still don't know. Honestly, at that point, I think Sam Raimi was a little bit done with it. 
And so he was like, well, fuck this noise. I'm just going to put in. Take a day off, though. He's like, I'm just going to put in who I am, which is like if you actually dissect. It's a terrible film for a lot of reasons over like probably studio problems. all, But like if you dissect that part, especially it, that's very Sam Raimi, like over the top kitschy. Um, it's like this very strange, like almost surreal type humor injected into dark themes. Like you see it in, in evil dead and evil dead too, where you're in the, you're in a horror movie, but you're having these weird, like comic things happen or drag me to hell. Like that's very him to like play something you think against itself. But that movie's already so discombobulated and that's such a weird moment that it just becomes a, a joke, which we get to see them make fun of a ton and, and reference all the Spider-Man movies, which was great. What you, what was your take on this version of the Sinister Six? They didn't really call them that, but there's obviously six villains. Great. I mean, obviously, the, I, I think that, that what this movie does well is that there is a lot of shit going on. Like, there's a lot of villains. There's a lot of heroes. There's this story about finding yourself and all that. But I think when it comes to the villains, especially, like, they almost made it in a way, like, again, I'm referencing it, but like Lego movie, where it was like, hey, listen, here's a whole bunch of stuff that maybe you don't know about, but we're not going to take the time to explain it. Like, these are characters mm-hmm. from pop culture or whatever. They're important. So let's just move on. And this one was all of a sudden just like, oh, by the way, you should know this person's a big deal, but oh, Green Goblin's only in the first little bit. And then and then you're going to get to see all these different takes on these different characters, which is some of them are really, really cool or really different. But we don't need to go into like origin stories. Like, fuck it. We're just going to we're just going to throw it at the wall. And if you have trouble, go home and Google it. Um, how did you feel about this version of Doc? Ock? Loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, big me fan. too. Cool. Big fan. I, lo- I even loved the technology. Like, it was almost like uh, we're so used to seeing, and th- we do see it in this film in a different universe, Doc Ock's metal claws and, and shit. But, like, this one was, like, very, what do you call it? Like, uh, earth-friendly. Like, yeah, Doc they were, like, uh, you know, yeah, they were almost, like, air. jelly, not, like, jelly arms or, like, synthetic tentacles instead of, like, yeah. actual metal angry tentacles. And yeah, everything was different. I mean, Scorpion is, like, a cybernetic matador and... Then got and Green Goblin is like legitimately like a, a 55 foot goblin that throws explosives, which is similar to the I don't know what universe I think it is in the ultimate universe where he that's how he, he is. I mean, they take yeah, where he's actually like a he actually transforms. They tried to bring that into the amazing Spider Man. Like, it's not just a mask mm-hmm. he wears to be scary, it's like a legitimate, no, like, he's a giant, he's like ass, a werewolf, yeah. like he turns into a fucking goblin. How'd you feel about his roommate not being uh, the typical gonk? I, whoever, I don't know how you even say it. No one knows how to say this kid's name because no one's ever really come out and said it. <laughs> no one's ever said it out loud. I think it's good. I mean, there's so many things and so many elements to this film. And you're like I said before, you're trying to tell an origin story of one character, introduce a bunch of other characters, multiple dimensions, villains. Like, something's going to get lost or changed. And I think that they do a good job with it. Even even the weak parts, of them, even the weaker parts right. storytelling-wise right. are only an, an 8 if everything else is a 9 or a 10. I mean, I guess, too, they didn't really... Um, they didn't really show too much of Miles' personal life and his school life. They mostly focused on uh, the different Spider-Men characters and that was the focus so that i guess that makes sense i couldn't find a flaw in this movie if i tried yeah and i, and I tried. usually try some of the cool easter eggs that i saw were um cell phone contacts did you catch uh bendis yeah, in there bendis is on in his phone he's looking for i know that because he's um, the one that came up with this so that makes sense um amy what's, uh amy what's her name pascal pascal yeah, yeah. They, they they definitely were calling out stuff for being like, hey, this is here here yeah. it is. Um, I think everybody who was involved in any of these characters got a nod. Um, 
the the thing that I thought was cool was when they're in New York and uh, Times Square is full of posters that you may not have caught but looked familiar, like Shaun of the Dead. There's a uh, a Shaun of the Dead, which is but they called it um, something else. I couldn't I couldn't read it. It's called uh, Dusk from Shaun uh, Dusk till Shaun. Yes. There's a a weekend poster in there called I I can't really read it, but it's basically the artwork for. Starboy or whatever the last record he put out. Amazing. It says Kit Kissend Kit Kissend. I don't know. They have Hi Hello, a take from M- M- Melania and Nick Kroll's show. Oh Oh Hello, which was here in New York for a while. Planet Inglewood instead of Hollywood. Interesting. Um, so it's clone- they're, they're really playing up the fact. If you're paying attention, it's de- it's definitely saying, hey, this is a different universe. Yeah, it's a poster of a Detroit Pistons power forward Blake Griffin, who apparently now plays baseball for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> There's um, a Clone College poster, which was apparently a short-lived Clone High, which clone was an high. old cartoon great, on MTV great, a while ago. Great cartoon show. There's an ad for an app called Peekaboo, which is very similar to Snapchat. Huh. So it's definitely, well, it's definitely got some. Not to mention, Stan Lee is also in it. Yep. He's got a good cameo. He gives Miles Morales his first suit, technically, and tells him, He's like, what if it doesn't fit? And he's like, it always fits. <laughs> but there's no refunds. So it was like a joke all in all, but like still like a step up to the plate kind of moment. I love it. It's amazing. They know what they know what they're doing. What do you th- what, what are your thoughts on the the costumes that we we saw in the in the uh, basement or the shack that was an, turned out to be like a spider cave? Loved it. Loved it. Was there anyone that stood out to you where you're like, man, what is that one uh, from? Oh, oh, you talking about when they're in the spider cave? Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing really. I mean, there's some weird shit, like, but I know about it, like the spider buggy and all that stuff or the suits in general. There were some, I'm like, there's like, obviously the one with the cape is there for a joke, but there's like the camouflage one, the iron spiders there. So there's, there's lots of us picking out, but there's obviously lots of, I have no idea, like a neon one or whatever. Yeah. There was an all red one, which I believe is the one that miles took and then spray painted black over and then did his whole, which I love because like they, I love this kind of foreshadowing of the story. In the sense, you see that Miles loves to tag and yeah, do they some graph, you up graph He's art. like his own guy, and he's trying. This whole movie's about him trying to find himself, and then it's about something that he, you know, ends up being like, "Hey, this is something I'm passionate about, so I'm going to incorporate it into the thing that I present to the world." I think I think Miles' suit in this movie is his best suit. I mean, it's it's, it's sweet. I like I like the spray paint colors, and I like all that stuff. And and I love that it's not like super crispy clean cut i love the i love the messiness i love that you can tell that it's been spray painted and the logo is is like tagged um big fans we're big fans over here everybody again like i said there's nothing to complain about this movie if you haven't seen this movie yet definitely check it out this is the movie i think of the fourth quarter for sure and it's probably up there with one of the if this is probably one of the best no i'm gonna take that back this is the best animated superhero film of all time. Yeah. The way it looks, the cast, the story. The only thing, my only complaint was I felt like it was short. Yeah, I could have watched it for another three and a half hours. Yeah, I could have. <laughs> Music's great. Um, I even would say the soundtrack is up there to... Black Panthers? Yeah. Yeah. I would throw it up there. Yeah, it's great. I, I mean, I, the whole the whole thing just has been... They really they thought it out. They planned it out. They took something complex. And I was like, when I first saw the trailer all those months back, I was like, what the fuck is that? To being like every piece of this was complete. Complete. So much they even did Air Jordans. Like the marketing is on point. 
Do you think, Chris, I'm, let's talk about the after credit scene and then I'm going to ask you a question and then we'll okay. close it out. Hit me. How do you feel about bringing Miguel into the whole thing? Which I, I'm surprised they kind of didn't, but I, you could also see they kind of saved it. Um, what do you mean? For the, like a sequel. You saw Spider-Man 2099. Oh, 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 oh. yes. So let me ask you this, Chris. Do you think because we what we saw in, in the credit scene was Miguel O'Hara, who plays Spider-Man 2099. He goes, hey, we're going to start at the beginning. Take me to Earth 67, which was home of the 1967 Spider-Man animated series where the meme comes from, where Spider-Man's pointing to Spider-Man. Yes. He goes through that whole thing. The theory is that when you go to one of these different dimensions, you turn into whatever they are. Right. Which is kind of, kind of weird, an interesting theory. So, like, if you were to go to, but then again, I don't think that, I think the bust is the noir, right? Like, he kind of yep. came in and, like, his shit stayed the same. Yeah, totally. Or it stayed the same, but, like, like a good, interesting question, right? Like, because he, in the, in the end credit scene, he turns into the cartoon. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I think overall, like, speculating or whatnot, we can, there's going to be another one of these movies. Like, it's too well done, too well received, too much money to not make a, a follow-up and <clears> they even <throat> set it up, which I think is great because if this is a one-off, I'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. My only pickle, don't get cocky, Sony. Like, <laughs> you nailed it with this one. Don't, Let's not don't, try. Don't get over don't think, you, you made Venom earlier this year, so. Yeah, you made Venom and that shit was whack. Like, not whack. It was okay. But don't don't get all big-headed and try and take Tom Holland out the MCU because that shit... Although Amy Pascal's uh, come out and said she wants Spider-Man to stay in the MCU forever. I think that was my next thing was like, do you think Sony's going to get a big head about this? Cocky. Yeah. Um, Because they no. fucked up a lot of shit. In I mean, previous. they made a lot of mistakes and stuff, but they've also had, you know, Phil Lord and Miller on this one. So I think that they know they they probably were aware this is probably going to be pretty good, but they're probably not going to get ahead of themselves. Like I said, they made Venom this year, so it ain't all rainbows. Do you think we go to a different dimension and away from Miles? Heck, uh, no, we'll stay around Miles, but maybe he'll go to a different dimension this time. Maybe he goes to the future. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's yeah, what I meant. That'd be sweet. I love Spider-Man 2099. I think he's dope. There's so, I mean, there's so many different Spider-Man, Spider-Men that they haven't touched on either. Spider-People. Spider-People. Like Spider-Woman. Oh, that's what I... That's the one that threw me off. Was she was like, "I'm Spider Woman," but I'm like, "You're Spider Gwen." Yeah, she didn't say it, but I mean, yeah. But I, can say, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting question. That did. I remember that piqued my interest as well. That was a wild card, right? That was a wild card. They're throwing <clears throat> stuff at us. Look, all in all, this movie's dope. Splash all the way around. You can't go wrong. Records dope. All dope. Uh, fucking, what's his name? I keep drawing a blank on his name. Moses, <laughs> I keep calling him Moses Malone, but that's not him. Mo, the the famous basketball player. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, Post Malone. Post oh, Malone Post was in Malone. it for, for whatever reason. He I read it in the credits. I didn't notice it, but he had a cameo. Oh, did he? Well, he sings that song, so that makes sense. Yeah, but now he actually voiced the character. I think a very small character. Well, yeah. look at him. Uh, coming out this week before. And we're going to review all of this when we come back January 9th on a new time, new Bat Channel, not really, same Bat Channel, uh, new Bat Time, 
and date. That was a terrible plug. I'm gonna leave it in there. Loved it. Uh, <laughs> coming this weekend and across the holidays, definitely want to check out Bumblebee. It's got a 93% certified what? fresh. Nothing but great reviews on this. They have supposedly remade this franchise interesting again. Well, I am intrigued. And Haley, Haley Steinfeld is who also played in this last movie we just talked about. She played Gwen Stacy. Yeah, she was Gwen. She's now in this movie, so she's having a dope year. So props to her. Uh, on the run in the year 1987, Bumblebee finds refuge in a junkyard in a small Californian beach town. Charlie, Haley Steinfeld, on the cusp of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world, discovers Bumblebee battle-scared and broken. When Charlie revives him, she quickly learns he's no ordinary yellow VW bug. This is dope because it's obviously going back to the origins. We're not getting a brand new Camaro commercial, right. but this is oh, a prequel. Man. This is a prequel, and supposedly I haven't seen the movie. I was supposed to go see an early showing, but I, I didn't. Um, but supposedly there's supposed to be a little bit of a GI Joe crossover here. I don't know that though. Jesus, uh, they're really uh, getting into it, aren't they? I think this movie's gonna be a splash, though. I think I think everyone was really waiting for this one and like hoping that they actually land the mark. Sounds like they did. Chris, what do you think? Splash trash, meh. Oh, it's gonna a ninety three is good. I think it's intriguing. I think if they can turn this franchise around, and go a different way, that's awesome. I'll say I'm gonna go with splash. I think it'll be fun as hell. Nope. Mary Poppins returns, seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, also certified fresh. Well, look Mary at Poppins. That. Hey, Mary Poppins reenters the lives of the Banks family, and along with the optimistic street laughter of Jack, uses her unique magical skills to help the family rediscover the joy and wonder. Missing in their lives. Mary Poppins also introduces the children to a new assortment of colorful and whimsical characters, including eccentric cousin Topsy. <clears throat> I, I, I've heard nothing but great things about this movie, but I'm on the fence a little bit because I don't know if it's going to hold up. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll hold up, Chris? Compared to the original? Yeah. Um... I do. I don't think the original think, holds up. I, well, yeah. I, I mean, that, this is kind of someone that doesn't really enjoy Mary Poppins that much. Um... But just watching the clear little clips I have seen, I think they're sticking to some of the traditional stuff, like putting sometimes the adding cartoon characters in there in a very 2D old school animation style. I think that it's been long enough that this will have its own sort of like, not style, but like, I think it can hold up on its own and also still be something that you, that like the old original classic that there are a lot of people who love aren't embarrassed about. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I'm Mary Poppins. That's what it should have been, just a Yondu movie. Yeah, yeah. They should just cut out oh, every Mary piece Poppins, of Emily Blunt and just, just have Yondu in there. Um, I'm going to give this one a man. I don't think it's going to be certified for it. I don't think it's going to be this dope as everyone says it is. Disney's been missing on the, the mark on these movies. Wrinkle in yeah. Time. Um, there's another one that I saw that I was like, whatever. Like Wrinkle in Time was not Wrinkle in Time was whack. But this movie sucks. I think visually this movie is going to be great. It's going to be full of songs and sing songs. But I think everyone who's loved mary poppins and always everyone that grew up watching it or sometime in in their childhood i think we're gonna all go see it and i just think i think we'll be like yeah it was all right you know yeah I, I, it, it happened uh last on the list is aquaman 67 uh, percent yeah. aquaman is the origin story of half human half Alania, arthur carter mm. or arthur arthur curry and takes him on the journey of his lifetime one that will not only force him to face who he really is, but to discover 
is he worthy of who he was born to be a king this this franchise this whole franchise has struggled i'm gonna give it a meh i'm also hoping gonna it'll give be it a meh. i think there's gonna be hope, a lot of eye rolls from me i i definitely don't want chris to have to scream at the screen to be like to fix one plot hole and like the whole movie's over because <laughs> i know that he's sucks. really good at that i'm sure um, from what i've heard the black manta is really fun to watch but not in it nearly enough and amber heard actually does a pretty good job of being like a badass kind of female kick-ass character so but okay. other than that those are like the two main lights that i've read i've seen things about so i am i'm not optimistic but i'm not uh pessimistic i'm very Which, mad on this one i would agree with you i think uh i think we're all on the same page i think we've given up on expectations with the dceu yeah, and i think they that's hurt me probably... too bad too many times they cut me too deep as long as two people don't fight and go like is your mom named martha because mine yeah. is yeah let's oh. be best friends do we just become best friends so you know they're probably sitting in a room every time they come up with one of these and they're like we fucking nailed it everybody send everybody home this movie's in the bag and then they watch and like oh fuck everybody hates it so let's hope that doesn't happen this time we have one movie to see all throughout the break of Christmas and New Year's, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the movie to see. And that's it. That's going to do it for this last trash. Man, this was a loaded one. I think it's going to do... We we loaded you full of stuff. Hope you have a fantastic holiday season. We'll be back next year in 2019, January 9th, with our regular show, G-Splash. So, Chris, any last words before we dip? Uh, No, I'm feeling great. Go enjoy the movies, enjoy the holiday. Word up, peace, we out. Mama the star, a star, ever be afraid of the dark. I'm not scared.